<sighs> Hello, good morning, afternoon, evening, and welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. I am extremely tired because I haven't slept in five days. Because it's opening week! The Royals are going to be playing Major League Baseball this week. And I have a lot of things that I want to talk about before we get to that. I was supposed to do this months ago, and I am paying a high price for it. So, podcasts every day this week because I need to be taught a lesson and I need to be controlled and contained and detained and arrested and put away from society. By the way, this is the World Deluxe Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you. Now, there are no current royal events to talk about today. So if that's something that you listen to this podcast for, you want the the cutting edge breaking news, the super current breaking news about the Kansas City Royals. Well, I'm afraid we're all sold out today. Come back tomorrow because tomorrow I'm going to give my projections for the 2023 Royals. I'm going to give you what I think will be their regular season win and loss total. And actually, I kind of realized that might not be enough to fill out an entire episode, so I might just stretch it out to the entire American League Central Division because I'm trying to project every single team in the majors. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to do that on a Friday or Saturday. What do I have written down? Yeah, it's going to be Friday where I get every single team's regular season win and loss projections. That's going to be a long episode because even if I talk about every team for like five minutes, there's 30 teams. So maybe I should split that up a little bit and uh, talk about the entire American League Central on, on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. That will probably make it a little bit smoother, a little bit easier to uh, listen to. And a little bit easier on me as well. I'm adjusting something if you heard something weird. So, if we're not really talking about the Royals, what are we going to talk about today? What are we going to do today, Ferb? Take over the world. I'm going to go back and revisit the projections I made last year. Last year, one of the first episodes I did for this podcast is I gave the regular season win and loss totals for each MLB team, or at least what I thought was going to be the regular season win and loss totals for each MLB team. I also gave my MVP, Cy Young winner, and Rookie of the Year winner for each each league. So I'm going to revisit those, and we're going to see how well I did. I think that, you know, getting me prepared, getting you prepared for what I'm going to unleash upon you all, my, my ability to tell a future, to look into the future... This is a good way of uh, demonstrating it by showing just how awful it is. Or is it? Or did I actually d- properly and accurately predict everything that happened? Like I'm some kind of fortune teller. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, a couple things worth mentioning is that number one, I did not predict the playoffs. I did not guess who was going to make the playoffs. I did have a World Series matchup, but that's all I could do because now the for, the playoff format is different. So you can't even you can't even predict like who's going to be in each round because the 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 matchups are not guaranteed. Teams are choosing their matchups now. So it's impossible to predict predict the playoffs. Plus, the playoffs just seem like a more of a crapshoot than ever. I mean, the last 2 years in National League uh pennant winners 
have averaged 87 and a half wins. So that just seems very unlikely and unusual, but it's happened. I don't know. And uh, as we go along, I'm going to be kind of uh, grading myself, so to speak. So I'm kind of going to copy the format that uh, Foolish Bailey uses for when he does his uh, top 50 players, or, or rather the uh, players he likes and dislikes for the season. When he reviews them, he'll give a, he'll give one or two thumbs up or down or just a neutral grade based on how close he was to predicting how well a player did. So if I'm within like five games, like if I say this team I think is going to win 85 games and then they win like 87, I'll be like, okay, that's pretty much a correct prediction. There's a lot of games, so it's really hard to accurately predict how many teams or how many wins a team is going to accumulate over the season. So I think being within five is a pretty fair and accurate prediction. And also it matters if they make the team, if they make the playoffs or not, um, and whether or not I predicted that. Because, obvi- I mean, I, I said I didn't predict playoff matches, but I can tell you who the who I thought the playoff teams were going to be, just based on win total, top six teams, essentially. So hopefully that's enough explanation. Let's get right into it because I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about each team because, like I said, there are 30 teams we have to talk about. Oh, actually, another thing to keep in mind is that some of the predictions are going to be bold. They're going to be kind of weird. You're going to be looking at me very, very weirdly when I say some of them. You're just going to be like, what is wrong with you? Why would you predict that? And that's just because... I wanted to call some surprises. I wanted to be surprised by some things. And there were some teams that I'm like, you know what? This team could be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. And I'm just going to go in that direction. I don't know. Just to be bold. Just to have fun with it. I think it's pretty easy to look at each team and, you know, adjust a few wins or a few losses based on who they added or subtracted. So there were some teams that were I, I really went out of my way to say like, okay, this is going to be like, like no one else is probably saying this seriously, but I'm going to be the guy to say it because I don't know. What do I have to lose by making a wrong prediction? I don't have any credibility. No one cares about me. I'm just a guy on the internet with a microphone. What do I know about anything? Please do not listen to me. Stop listening to this podcast right now. Okay, now we're starting. And I started last time with the Braves. Or rather, I started with the whole National League East and then went counterclockwise, so to speak. So I started with the National League East because that's where the defending champions uh, of the time, the Atlanta Braves, were. And then I went to the Central, then the West, and then circled around to the American League going from West to East. So so the National League East. Um, I'm happy to report that I was completely right on who would be where in the National League East. I got the the rankings exactly right. I had Braves winning the division, Mets getting second, Phillies taking third, Marlins fourth, Nationals fifth. I, I got that perfectly. I am very proud of myself, although I don't know if it was actually that difficult to predict. I think it was pretty easy to see that the Nationals were going to be a bad team. Um, and although I like the Marlins, I don't think it was it was it was hard to predict them being um bad either the top three were interesting though they were very very interesting so back to the Braves I had the Braves winning 94 games I actually thought that was how many w- games they were going to win in the regular season um and that's how many it would take to win the division so I was actually off by seven they won 101 which is 
quite impressive. Very good. Um, I had them. All, I also had them handily winning the division. I said that the Mets were going to win 87. So the Braves actually tied for the division, but they had like a tiebreaker condition against the Mets that allowed them to um, claim that title. So cool for them. But I just really liked the Braves going into 2022. I just saw them as a team that only got better. It sucks that they lost Freeman. I don't think anybody wanted to see that. But they got Matt Olson, who didn't even have a particularly great season, but he at least filled in. And I just saw this team and I said, this team is young. It has a lot of talent. They've got Acuna coming back from injury. He was injured the half of 2021 missed the entire postseason. Yeah, the, the Braves won the postseason. They they won the World Series despite not having arguably their best player on the roster. It's like, what? I think that's what made me think th- this team was going to significantly improve. Or if you call if you want to call six wins an improvement, that's what I predicted. But they did significantly improve. They improved by 13 games. And then they had, of course, young talent coming up, although I definitely wouldn't have expected Michael Harris II or Spencer Strider being as fantastic as they were like holy crap whoa and i think that's where some of those uh extra wins that's where that extra improvement came in so good job to those guys um i'm overall going to give myself a plus one on this i'm going to give myself plus one thumbs up uh because i didn't really get the regular season prediction completely right i was off a little bit but i still had them winning the division and they won the division so that's something i will take Next up, Mets in second place. That ended up being correct. And I had them at winning 87 games. Now, (sighs) predicting regular seasons can be hard. And predicting baseball can be hard because there are so many variables to a baseball team. There are so many moving parts to it. And I did acknowledge on the podcast that I could see the Mets winning a lot more games than I was giving them credit for. I could see that happening. I just wasn't willing to buy it because it the Mets always seem like a team that can be really good. And they've seemed like that for a while. It's really seemed like for the last five plus years, basically like since we they, they were last in the postseason in 2016, like they've had a, a, a they've had a core of talent, but they just haven't been able to really put it together. They've won 86 games in 2019. You know, of course, like you, you can expect a lot of production from Jacob Bagram if he's healthy. Even if he plays just a, a small part of the season, he's gonna he's just such an insanely good pitcher that he's gonna add five wins to the to the, to the column. Um, Pete Alonso's there. He's great. Brand, um, yeah, Brandon Nimmo. I was trying to stop myself, but sure, fine. Um, I, not particularly a fan of Francisco Lindor. I think that the three hundred. $40 million contract was very questionable. And I don't know. They, they just had lots of high variance guys on the roster. That made me think, yeah, this team can win a lot of games in theory, but are they going to? That's kind of the question. There just always seems to be something going on with the Mets. They are just a very, very strange, very, very particular team. But... Credit to them. Uh, Jeff McNeil had a bounce back season. Francisco Lindor kind of proved me wrong. He he turned the bat back on and he was great. Um, Brandon Nimmo established some consistency. 
Edwin Diaz was literally so good that he got his own anime theme song for when he comes out into games. And probably the best development for the Mets last year is that even they didn't even really need Jacob DeGrom a whole lot. Like, obviously, DeGrom helped them a lot, but the rotation was really, really good even outside of him. And maybe that's because they had Max Scherzer, my favorite non-Royals player, going absolute goblin mode last year. The Mets just had a lot of great guys having, like, really, really good seasons. So, credit to them. Um, I did not totally count them out for, you know, winning more than 87 games. And I did, and for what it's worth, you know, you can say that the regular season prediction was way off, but that was actually a wildcard team. I did have them making a wildcard. So, I, I was willing to give them that at the very least. So, I'm actually going to give them a plus one. Because technically I was right in where they stood. Um, even if they didn't get the the same amount of wins, they settled for a wild card, <laughs> for better or for worse. They placed second in the division. So I was right on that much. I will give myself that much credit. The third team in the National League East is, of course, the Philadelphia Phillies. These guys were especially weird. Like, everyone... I don't know like what everyone really expected from this team. Um, going into the season, but I think everyone agreed that they were going to be very, very interesting because they they just set themselves up in a very, very unusual fashion where they signed all of these great hitters who cannot field whatsoever. They got Kyle Schwarber. They got Nick Castellanos. That's on top of having Bryce Harper, who's not a good defender. Like it's like like. What outfield is this? What are you doing? And then they, they're 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 young aspiring prospect Alec Bohm. He's not a good fielder. It's just like, what is this team that they're building, bro? But hey, they at least could hit, and they also had a pretty good rotation, at least the top of the rotation. I know Aaron Nola was not very good in 2021, but I believe in him personally. One of my favorite pitchers in baseball right now. And Aaron Nola bounced back absolutely in 2022. Zach Wheeler, amazing as always, or at least as amazing as he has been in the last couple of years. Even though he didn't make as many starts in 2022, he still had a really, really good year when he pitched um, they had Ranger Suarez, who just kind of came out of nowhere in 2021. I don't think he's like an amazing pitcher. I know he had like a 1.2 ERA in 2021 or something weird, but I don't. Obviously, he wasn't going to sustain that. But even then, he established himself as like a solid mid-rotation kind of guy. So they have they they like they have like you can see the top of this team, and you can say, okay, yeah, that much is good. But do they have depth? Do they have? Things that cover up their very, very obvious flaws. And that's what I really called into question. So that's why I only had them winning 83 games. And hey, like I said, if I'm within five games, that's kind of an accurate prediction. They won 87. So it's not like they super overperformed my expectations of them. They just happened to turn an 87-win season into a World Series appearance. That's extreme difficult to do like it is not common for an 87 win team to make a world series bro and i guess the theme for them is just that they were kind of sneaky good like they had hidden talent on their roster like i think everyone can agree jt real muto is amazing he's fantastic he's the best catcher in baseball 
But I don't think anybody realized that he's in like the top 12% of runners in baseball. Like he's actually really fast. And that makes no sense because he's a catcher. Why is he fast? How, how does he have legs that work? He's 31. How does he do it? Doctors hate him. Kyle Schwarber was kind of a meme because he stole a base in the World Series. And when you when someone steals a base in the World Series, that unlocks like a promo for Taco Bell or something like that. And yeah, that was it. Was, so when he did that, it's just like, really, of all people, Kyle Schwarber stole a base, the big clunky outfielder, the big, you know, traditional slugger type of guy. He stole 10 bases over the regular season. That's that's a lot more than I would have expected from him. Overall, it just seemed like there there's maybe a little bit more going on with the Phillies than anyone could have expected. So congrats to them on a very, very surprising, but very, very fun and very interesting season. They were uh, definitely an interesting story to follow, especially since they fired their manager. Like at first they were underperforming and then they fired Joe Girardi. And then suddenly started winning a lot more. <laughs> I, I, I have no explanation for that. I don't know. Managing baseball is a very, very strange affair. Anyway, I'm giving myself plus one on that just because I was kind of close with the regular season wins total. Actually, you know what? Because they had such a great postseason run. I'm going to give myself a neutral rating. I'm not going to say it's positive, nor is it negative. I was off by four games, and I had them missing the postseason. They won the National League pennant instead. But still, extremely surprising. I'm not, I don't think this is something I can look at and be like, yeah, how, how stupid I look for being wrong about that. And how stupid I will not look for saying that I had the Marlins winning 71 games in 2022. They won 69. So I was very, very close to this one. I'm going to give them two thumbs up. I'm, I'm going to give myself two thumbs up for predicting that overall. Maybe not too difficult of a, of a prediction, but you do have to give them credit where it's due. They have amazing pitching over there. I did really, really like Sandy Alcantara. Um, going into this season, I knew that that contract extension they gave him, which literally only started last year, they gave him five years, $56 million. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a, that's a robbery right there. That's wrong. What is he, a freaking Braves player? What is that? And then he throws like the most innings in baseball while also having one of the lowest ERAs in baseball, unanimously wins the Cy Young Award. So just phenomenal season from him overall. Pablo Lopez, I love as a pitcher. He's great. It's like the entire rotation was just nails and very young as well. Sandy is 26. Everyone else was like young. And Pablo is also 26. Everyone else was younger, bro. Trevor Rogers, although he had a bad season. Uh, he was better earlier, though. Uh, Jesus Lozardo, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera. They're kind of becoming the envy of baseball with how they're quickly developing pitchers like this. It's really, really awesome. Unfortunately, they have no bats whatsoever. Their lineup begins and ends with Jazz, who I love. I love personally. Jazz Chisholm Jr., one of my favorite players in MLB. I was probably the one guy who was like actually celebrating him being the cover athlete of the show, which... which look, it is very, very weird and kind of confusing that they gave it to him, but... I'm not going to complain because I love the guy. 
you know, congratulations to him. Um, yeah, but aside from that, just nothing. Their OPS plus as a team was 86. Like, imagine if your entire lineup was, I don't know, who has an 86 OPS plus on the Royals? Who had an 86 OPS plus on the Royals last year? Um, Michael A. Taylor had a 90 OPS plus. So imagine if your entire lineup was slightly worse than Michael A. Taylor was last year. That's the Miami Marlins in a nutshell. Pretty cool how the Marlins were freed from an owner who actually did kind of spend just not very, not the most responsibly. My cat is having a sneezing fit if you hear something weird in the back. And then that guy finally sold the team to someone else who's just not going to, who's not going to spend money whatsoever. Cool. That's baseball. If you don't love that, you don't love baseball. Um, but yeah, Marlins had them at 71 wins. They won 69 instead. Not nice. Don't say it. No. And you know what else isn't nice? The Washington Nationals. Um, I had them as the last place team in the National League East. I had them winning 64 games, going 64 and 98. They went 55 and 107. So I was significantly off. And that's the kind of season that you just can't predict because how do you predict a team losing 107 games? Personally, I didn't really think that they were going to trade Juan Soto. I... I don't, I don't know. I'm just that guy who always thinks that the franchise player is really cool. And I kind of thought that it would be in the, the Nats' better interest to keep him around because I think Juan Soto is overall going to be the best player of the of the 2020s. Like, like I literally have him... I, I literally think he's that good. In fact, actually, Juan Soto was my MVP pick for 2022, which I actually thought was a pretty safe pick. Instead, he had a... Do you do you want to call it a down year? He had a five war season, and it, that's like a down year for him. So yeah, I don't know. But nope, they traded him mid season, and what remained from that team was nothing worth celebrating. They had a team ERA of like they had a they had a team ERA of five. They had a team ERA of five. Patrick Corbin put up the worst starting pitcher season like ever it's probably not the worst ever but he had a negative two and a half war hunter dozier had a ne had negative two and a half war in 2021 patrick corbin is literally the hunter dozier of pitchers do you have any idea how bad you have to be to be the hunter dozier of pitchers really bad and also by the way patrick corbin is the nationals opening day starter <laughs> So, yeah, I thought maybe 64 wins was just like, I don't know, kind of showing mercy to them. Because obviously they were going to be bad. You can never really expect them to be worse than that. I don't think, like, it's not fair to say a team is going to be worse than 98 losses. Um, but the Nationals were way worse than that. Um, I'm actually not even going to rate this one. I'm going to give this a, a neutral rating because it was extremely easy to see that the Nationals had the least talent on their roster. It literally began and ended with Juan Soto. So them predicting them last place was just obvious. That was like a free prediction. Um, and I was way off on the win. So I'm just going to say neutral rating overall. Better luck next time. And next, we're in the National League Central, which also had some free uh, predictions, but not at the top. The top was interesting. So I had the division winner at 93 wins, 
69 losses. And the National League Central, the winner of that division, did indeed go 93-69. and 69. Except, I thought it was going to be the Brewers. Instead, it was the Cardinals who won. So, let me talk about the Brewers. Because I had the Brewers written down first. They, I thought they were going to win. I did say 93 wins, which would be um, a, a slight step down from last season. I, I kind of saw the Brewers as a team that was like on the way out of their competitive window. Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are coming up on free agency. I'm not confident that they're going to be able to spend or rather afford to keep those guys around. So I thought that they were going to win the division, but maybe be um, one of the weaker division winners in all of MLB. I thought the National League Central was just overall not going to be a particularly strong division. And maybe they would have made 93 wins. Maybe they would have won the division, if not for the fact that halfway through the season, they traded Josh Hader, which seemed to really mess up clubhouse chemistry. The team kind of fell off pace mid-season or late season, and they ended up at 86 wins instead. So I'm actually going to say that this is a negative... I'm going to say this is a negative one overall. Yeah. Like, they weren't a bad team. Like, I don't think it was a super wrong prediction. Uh, I was only off by seven games. And hey, they only missed the playoffs by one game for what it's worth, if that's worth anything. But yeah, definitely a disappointing season for the Brew Crew. I kind of have a um, an observation that I've made about them that I, that I would like to share when I do my actual 2023 pro projections, but we don't have time for that today. So let's move on to the actual division winners, the St. Louis Cardinals. I had them winning 90 games. I actually said that they were going to be a playoff team, um, which maybe isn't super surprising because they've been a playoff team for the last like few years, really. Um, they won how many games last year? They won 90 games last year. So I actually thought they were just going to perfectly maintain their pace, maintain what they were doing last season. And I just kind of liked the vibe of St. Louis overall. Like we know, we know that they have... They, they have Nolan Arenado, they have Paul Goldschmidt, they've got these Hall of Famers um, in their lineup. That's fantastic. But I really also liked the trio of Molina and Pujols and Wainwright returning. I mean, Wainwright, Waino and and uh, Molina have been there forever, but Pujols coming back. I just thought that was going to be something that really lifted everyone's spirits. It would be something that, every, that would make everyone happy. I just kind of like the vibes. In St. Louis overall. So I did have them as a playoff team. I had them as a pretty good team. And I was pretty close. I was within three games and I had them making the playoffs. Although not as a wild card. but I, or, or rather not as a division winner. But I had them as a wild card. I'm going to give myself plus one for that one. Uh, that's close enough I think. And I was right about some things. You know Arenado and Goldschmidt had amazing seasons. Paul Goldschmidt won MVP. Pujols coming back was really good for the team. Everyone loved it. Uh, but they also had some kind of surprise guys. Tommy Edmond had an amazing season. The Newt guy. Lars Newtbar. Newt Newt was pretty cool uh, for them in the season. Brendan Donovan. Rookie of the year runner-up. Wins a gold glove. Yeah, he was, he was money for them. So things are looking good for St. Louis. 
even though some Royals fans don't want that to happen, because a lot of people in, in Kansas City hate hate the Cardinals, uh, which I understand. It's unfortunate. It's not fair. It should have been me, not him. But that is what it is. Good season for the Cardinals. I was fairly close with my prediction of them. Fairly accurate in my assessment of them. Third place, I had the Cubs. I had them going 79 and 83. I was actually really nice to the Cubs. I thought, you know what? They got Marcus Stroman, who's a pitcher I really like personally. Uh, they got this Japanese phenom, Seiya Suzuki, on the team. And they've got some they've got some young talent as well. They've got Nico Horner. Uh, they got Nick Madrigal from the White Sox a couple of years ago. I don't know why he's not hitting well, though. I thought he was like a surefire leadoff hitter or something, and instead he's posting up an OPS plus of 68. What What are you doing, bro? What happened to that guy? I don't know. Um, Ian Happ, who I feel like I've heard about forever because he used to be linked in trades with Whit Merrifield back in like 2018. He's still only 27. Uh, so, you know, they've got, they've got guys on the team. So I... Wanted to make a little bit of a surprise prediction and say, hey, the, the Cubs are going to have like a borderline 500 season. Because I think a lot of people were down on the Cubs and being like, nah, the Cubs are going to suck this season. They're, they're bad. And um, yeah, I wasn't really right on that. I was within five games, but just barely. So um, I I got the placement right as well, but that was actually pretty easy to predict. I think that it was really, really easy to expect the Cubs to be better than the Reds and the Pirates. So I'm going to give myself a neutral grade on that one. Just pretty unspecial, unspectacular. The Cubs didn't have a bad season, um, at least by my standards, by my very neutral standards of someone who doesn't really know this team very well. It was a little better than 2021 where they lost 91 games, so cool that they avoided 90 losses. Um, But yeah, pretty forgettable season overall from them, I guess. And uh, that'll be it. So... Then we have the Reds, who I had at 67 and 95. They went 62 and 100, which feels like a legitimate accomplishment in a positive way because they started the season 3 and 22. They literally started the season worse than any other team that I've ever seen in my life. It was it was bad. You know, I had this road trip planned for uh, August and I did go on it, but I and by August obviously things were a little better, but I was when I saw the how bad the Reds were at the start of the season, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to go see a Reds game this season. <laughs> Am I about to witness the worst team in baseball history right here? Like, are they going to win 20 games this season? I mean, I didn't think that was going to happen, but still, it's like they were on a 2003 Tigers watch for a good chunk of the season. And hey, maybe the Reds have some of their young talent to thank for somewhat salvaging their season. Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, two fire starting pitchers and Hunter Green didn't even have like an amazing season he had a 4.44 ERA so but still it's like that was salvation for the Reds the, the last season the Reds traded for Mike Miner can you believe that the Reds decided that they were going to willingly pay Mike Miner his salary for for whatever the Royals were were supposed to pay him for 2020 2022 which was like 10 million dollars or something like that he like he pitched less than 100 innings and he threw a 6 ERA. Can you believe that? The Reds actually did that intentionally. That was so funny. That is the funniest thing I've ever seen, but not quite as funny as the time when I went to a Reds game and Mike Miner pitched in it. <laughs> That's who was the starting pitcher for the random Reds game that I saw last season. 
What a historical moment in baseball. One for the record books, honestly. Um, but yeah, so I had the, so I was off only by, oh wait, I was actually off by five games. Hang on. I had the Reds, I had the Reds winning 67 games and they won 62. Dang, I suck. But you know what? I think it was legit difficult to see who would be worse, the Reds or the Pirates. So the fact that the Reds actually took fourth place, I'm going to give myself plus one for that one. It wasn't as easy to predict the bottom of the standings as you might think. And uh, that leaves the Pirates at the bottom. Now, Pirates are technically tied for fifth, or for fourth, rather, because they have the same win and loss record as the Reds. They they lost 62. They, they, they lost 100 games. They went 62 and 100. Um, I had them at 63 and 99. So I was only off by one. And I'm going to say the Pirates were definitively the worst team because even if they were tied with the Reds technically, they have a worse Pythagorean record. Their Pythagorean record, which is their implied record based on their runs scored versus runs allowed, says that it should have been 58 and 104. And the Reds was like 68 and 94. uh, 64 and 98, yeah. So... Pirates are the worst team, in my opinion, and I was right basically in their win-loss total and also their position in the standings. Why? Because the Pirates literally have nothing to show for themselves except Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes. That is it. That is their entire season. Good for them, I suppose. Um, I'm going to give myself plus one. I'm not going to give myself plus two. Plus two would have to be like an overwhelming success overall. Maybe I should actually revert the plus two I gave to the Marlins and say it's a plus one. Because I don't think it was super hard to predict that the Marlins would be in fourth. Um, Yeah, like like plus two would be a bold take that actually came true. Can't imagine that happening personally. I don't think that saying the Pirates would be in last place with 99 losses was a very bold take. See you later when Henry Davis finally makes it into the majors. Let's move on to the National League West. Now, I think it was pretty obvious that the Dodgers were going to win the division, and they won the division. You know what I expected their win-loss record to be? 110-52. and 52. This was supposed to be a bold take. I had the Dodgers w- winning 110 games in 2022. I thought that was daring. I'm like, man, I'm really writing this down. I'm actually going to say this. Like, that just seems so bold because how many teams have ever won 110 games? I'll tell you how often it's happened. It's happened 10 times in history. In the, in the entire history of baseball, dating back to the 1800s, 10 times has an MLB team won 110 games. And I had the 2022 Dodgers being the 11th team to do so. The Dodgers won 111 games. I under, they, they overperformed my projection that seemed impossible. How is, what, what, what? So that's what I mean by a hot take coming true. I'm giving myself a plus two for that one. Again, it was easy to see that the Dodgers were going to be good. They just seemed front to bottom stacked with talent. Like, it literally doesn't seem like there's a bad player on this roster. Or at least you couldn't expect there to be a bad player on the roster. Like, 
even if Cody Bellinger was dog water for a couple of years, he it's like you you still kind of wonder like maybe like maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll bounce back and you can all and we can all just look back at 2021 like it was some weird fever dream. Like, hey, remember when Cody Bellinger was like the worst hitter in baseball one year? <laughs> what happened there? You know, and then them bringing in Freddie Freeman, it's like, oh my god, it, it's over. It's over for everyone. How, how do you even compete with this roster? Apparently, you do so in the postseason. Like I said, not I can't really project the postseason all that well. Oh, wait a minute, I have Dodgers versus Mariners in the World Series. Oh. Well, that's not counting to the, my regular season projection. I'm still giving myself a plus two for project for predicting their regular season almost perfectly. Good job, Dodgers. You understood the assignment. But you know who didn't understand the assignment? The Giants. I had them as my second place team in the National League West. And even better, I had them as a wild card team. And to, in my defense... The Giants seemed really difficult to project. They seemed really, really difficult to predict because they were coming off a 107-win season. They had, like, the most magical Cinderella season ever, aside from, you know, losing in the postseason in the first round. Like, LOL, XD, LMAO. But still, it's like... It was really, really hard to predict them because you want to give them credit for that 107-win season. But you also have to realize that was not going to happen again. Like, they, there's no way they were going to be that good again. Whatever happened in 2021, it was not going to carry over that well. I mean, they, they, they did that with, like, the oldest roster in the MLB. Like, Evan Longoria and Buster Posey and... And when Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt just like all suddenly re-entering their prime in their mid-30s, it's like, what? what is that, dude? And yeah, because of their age, you have to wonder like, okay, are these guys for real? Like, are they actually going to be this good going forward? Or did they all just have some weird, bizarre, short-lived renaissance? very very hard to predict what would happen next with these guys so i kind of wanted to balance between you know expectations versus reality something cool happening and something realistic happening so i gave the giants second place but i also only had them winning 88 games um which i still ended up that that still ended up being quite off the mark so you know what okay i'll give myself a negative two on this one i was pretty off on the wins I was pretty off on them making the postseason, neither of which happened. Eh, whatever. You win some, you lose some, I guess. And you know what else I lost with? You know, I, I said that the Giants were in second place, so that also means I was wrong about the Padres. I said the Padres were going to be the third place team. I said they were going to win 85 games. And I thought the Padres were really hard to predict as well because, you know, you look at these guys and you say, yeah, there's a lot of talent on there. But my my thing with the Padres is how often does everything actually click into place with these guys? Like, on paper, it seems like the Padres do everything right, and then 2021, they lost, seven, they lost 83 games. They had a losing season, even though it seemed like they did everything right. Like what? What do you what do you say about these guys? Like what is it that they're doing wrong? It's so hard to figure out. 
Like, sure, okay, Hosmer is getting in the way. Maybe Will Myers is getting in the way. They're big payroll cloggers. Their production isn't worth the contracts that they've been, that they've been giving, or rather that they've been given. But also, but look at their pitching as well. Like, you Darvish. Okay, he's been he's had amazing years. He was also just kind of eh in 2021. He was really mid. Blake Snell, he had an amazing 2018. He had a great Cy Young campaign. Aside from that, he's been a very, very okay pitcher for the most part. Tatis, amazing player. I'm pretty sure we are. I, I made these predictions already, knowing that he was gonna he was gonna miss at least the start of the season. I don't remember how long it was, he was supposed to miss the season before he got you know busted for PEDs. But still, that was something worth considering. It's like you see, you can see how good this team can be, but it. The fact that they don't seem to always, that they're not always reaching those peaks. It's like, eh, I don't know. It's just so hard to really f- see where they're going to fall and to, to predict where they're actually going to land. So, yeah, I'm not like super ashamed of my prediction. I I had them winning 85 games. So I did say that they were going to have like a, a pretty decent season. They were only going to miss the playoffs by a couple of games. So they won 89 games. They took a playoff spot fairly comfortably. So I'm going to give myself minus two. Yeah, I guess I, I'll, I'll just take the L on that one. I won't really argue about it. Good job to the Padres. Um, we'll just uh, see them next time for, for their projection next year. Maybe I've learned something from this experience. And then in fourth place, I had the Colorado Rockies going 73-89. and 89. I had them as a team that would be very, very forgettable, um, but I kind of liked some of the talent that they have. I personally like Chris Bryant. And hey, Chris Bryant hit really well when he was around. He wasn't around a lot. He played 42 games, so that's a bummer. But aside from that, you know, it's the Rockies. They, they don't have pitchers because you can't pitch in Coors Field. You can't pitch in Colorado. You can't pitch on a freaking mountain. It's literally impossible. And then and then their lineup is just like, huh? Who? Who's this guy? CJ Crone? Oh, he's, o- he, 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 he's okay. Yeah, he, he's all right. Sure. Ryan McMahon? Yeah, okay, I guess, sure, yeah. Yeah, why not? That's about it. They'll put up numbers that look okay on paper. Like, they have decent batting averages. They have decent on base, they have decent slugging, but then you remember it's Coors Field, so that doesn't matter. They had a team OPS Plus of 90. Well, that's why you use OPS Plus, because it adjusts for parks. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, 73 and 89 was my prediction. They went 68 and 94. It's kind of barely within five. I'm going to give myself a neutral on this one. It's like, yeah. Thing is, they actually finished fifth, though. So I was wrong on the placement. But, yeah, it's whatever. I'm going to give myself a neutral because I have to take the L on Arizona. So I had Arizona as the last place team in the National League West. I also had them losing 105 games. This was kind of an adjustment because 
I had to put the losses somewhere. I had the, the Dodgers winning 110 games. I'm like, well, someone has to lose more games, and it may as well be the Diamondbacks. They were coming off a season where they lost 110 games. So I just didn't really see them improving all that much. Instead, they improved by a very significant amount. They went 74 and 88. By all accounts, they had a very, very good season. Like, I, like, I'm actually, you know, I've, I've already made my projection for the Diamondbacks, so I'm not going to really say anything, but I will just say, I'm liking what I see from the Diamondbacks so far. Um, their rotation is actually coming together quite nicely. Like, I think one of the reasons why I, get, I said five, 107 losses is because Patrick Corbin on the Nationals last year, I thought that's what Madison Bumgarner was going to be. I, I saw the way Bum, Mad Bum was trending, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> no. But hey, Mad Bum actually didn't have a completely dog water season. 4.88 ERA and 158 innings pitched. That's not, it's obviously not good, but hey, it's not like the worst thing in the world. Meanwhile, the rest of the rotation, or at least the top end of it, was actually quite good. Merrill Kelly pitched 200 innings and with a low 3 ERA. Cool. Zach Gatlin became one of the best pitchers in baseball. Cool. And they've got some young talent that's blossoming. Even if Cattell Marte isn't hitting like a superstar, they still got some they still got some guys. Dalton Varsho who they actually traded, but they got a young catcher in return, so cool. Corbin Carroll, Emmanuel Rivera. Oh, wait a minute. No. <sighs> dang you. Dang you, Luke Weaver. I'm going to give myself two thumbs down because the Royals traded Emmanuel Rivera for Luke Weaver from the Diamondbacks. No. So overall, that's a negative four. From the National League West. I was like super mega wrong about the National League West. Dang, I suck. So let's, let me add up my ratings for the Central. Negative one plus one plus one plus one. So that's plus two. And then National League East plus one plus one neutral plus one neutral plus three. So I have a plus one rating for the National League overall. I was right about some things. I was wrong about some other things as well. Overall, I think I did an okay job projecting the National League. But that's just one half of baseball. We gotta talk about the American League. And let me just say right away, I was intentionally a little bit more bold with the American League. Why? Well, I guess because I'm more familiar with the American League. So you think I know what I'm talking about, right? Right? Going from the West to the East in the American League West, you know who I had winning the division? The Seattle Mariners. Now, maybe it was a bit of a, of a bold prediction to say that the Mariners were going to go to the playoffs because the Mariners haven't been in the playoffs in 21 years. But at the same time, was it that bold of a prediction? They missed the playoffs by one game in 2021. And just the young talent that they had, the kind of uprising that they had that season, it was really, really hard to deny that something was going on in Seattle. And it would have been very, very weird if they were, like, worse than they were in 2022. So 
I had them winning the West with 92 wins. They placed second, and they had 90 wins. So I, for all intents and purposes, I was almost perfectly accurate here, even if the position isn't completely right. And hey, the Mariners very much went to the postseason, so I got that right as well. Now, I, I did think that they were going to get deeper. I, you know, I'm a believer in vibes, like some spiritual medium. So I said that the Mariners were going to go to the World Series this year. That was me. That was a much bolder prediction. Let me just give myself negative two for the World Series prediction. I said Dodgers versus Mariners. And I also had Dodgers winning. I didn't write down how many games it would be. Because I just thought the Dodgers were just like undeniably best team in baseball. Were they not going to win the World Series? By choking in the playoffs, apparently. And I just thought the Mariners would make it there because they just they just have such an atmosphere, such a vibe, such a culture, such a fan base that it's like, I think that will get them there. I think they'll they'll have that magical element of them. They'll be they'll be the Cinderella team of the year that everyone's just kind of rooting for. They'll be like the the 2014 Mariners of 2020. No, not the Mariners. The 2014 Royals of the 2022 season, if that makes sense. Probably makes sense to Royals fans and literally no one else in the entire universe. Anyway, um, so I'm going to say I'm actually going to give myself plus one for the Mariners. Um, even if I was wrong on the position, I was very I was close enough with the regular season prediction to say that I, I don't feel any shame in saying that they were going to win the division with 92 wins. They had 90 wins instead. It's fine. It's OK. It's all right. I think that's a I think that's a very very reasonable and agreeable predict prediction. Now here's where I have to uh you know I'll, I'll I'll accept a little punishment here. I had the Astros in second with 90 wins because I just thought at some point the Astros have to fall off. They have to stop at some point. Their their time has to has to end somewhere. And instead, the Astros won 106 games in the regular season and the World Series. Can I give myself a neutral because they at least made the postseason? No, it's a negative one. Negative one. The only saving grace is that, you know, they, they made the postseason. So at least I have that. At least I said they would do that. But, man, were they a lot better than I expected. It turns out it never ends with the Astros. They're going to continue to find guys out of absolute nowhere and make them amazing. Who the hell is Jordan Alvarez? Where did he come from? And why is he so good? Jeremy Pena. Where did he come from? Christian Javier. Where did he come from? Where are they getting these guys? How do they keep getting away with being good? We're supposed to hate the Astros. We're supposed to root against them. And I am rooting against them. I'm rooting for their downfall. I said that they were going to not win the division this year. Or last year, rather. And they totally slapped me across the face, said, Lux, you're an idiot. You're a dum-dum. You're going to get ratioed. 
And there is nothing worse than getting ratioed. But what can I do about it? What can I do about it? I deserve it. I said that they were going to win 90 games and they won 106 instead. (sighs) Misery. Misery, frustration, humiliation. I feel terrible. I feel sick. It's awful. It's dreadful. It's horrible. The Astros literally looked at my prediction and said, L plus cope. And all I can do now is cope and seethe. Let's move on to the other team in Texas. Did you know that there are two teams in Texas in Major League Baseball? One of them is actually called the Texas team. They are literally called the Texas team. They don't have any other name. (laughs) I said that they were going to win third place in the the American League West. They were going to have a record of 73 and 89. I was actually pretty generous. To the Tigers, I think, because I liked that this I liked the signings that they made. The Tigers, not the Tigers, the the Rangers made a lot of signings last off season. They got John Gray, a very okay pitcher that no one knew about because he played in Colorado. They got Martin Perez, or actually they had that. No, 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 no. They did have him. They did sign him last year. It was like a one year deal. And suddenly he was actually, like, really good. He made an all-star appearance. Where did he come from? I don't know. But they did that. They're still developing Dane Dunning, even though he's not young at all. He's actually 27, or he was 27 last year. But they also signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, solidifying middle of the middle of the infield. And I liked that. I, I'm a fan of that. I really like that the, that the Rangers... Went out and were like, hey, you know what? We've got some young talent that's going to be up in the majors in a year or two. Let's sign the guys that we can get right now so that when this young core comes up, they'll be ready to compete already because we've got these veterans who are going to play really well and, you know, they're already just there. You know, instead of wasting a year of these rookies getting good or wasting two or three years for these rookies to get good, but then not being able to make the postseason because there's not enough depth or anything like that. There's not enough high-end veteran guys. So they they, they kind of uh, did that in advance. They solved that issue before it even became an issue, if that makes sense. Chris Young is a cool guy. That's what I'm trying to say. So yeah, I had 73-89, third place in the Nat- in the American League West. Instead, they went 68-94, fourth place in the West. Uh, yeah, they didn't quite live up to expectation. Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager didn't hit quite as well as you would want them to. Those pitchers that they signed, I mean, uh, Martin Perez was actually amazing, but John Gray was just like, eh, he was injured, basically. So... Yeah, not the best season for the Rangers, but I think it was better than their 2021, right? Yeah, they lost 102 games in 2021. I actually forgot about that. Dang, I didn't realize they were that bad. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, hmm. I'm going to give myself a neutral rating because it's not like it really matters at this point. If they took, if they placed third or fourth, they were well below 500. It's not like anything really happened or changed. So that's about it. Um... And another thing that I definitely will not apologize for is that I had the Angels in fourth. And I had the Angels going 71 and 91. And I, I posted this to some friends and they were just like, really? Angels in fourth? Like, you think the Angels are going to be that bad even though they've got Trout who's going to be healthy? They've got Rendon who's going to be healthy? 
Neither of these things were true, by the way. And of course, Shohei, the greatest baseball player to ever live, to ever walk this universe. But not only that, they signed Noah Syndergaard, so they got another great starting pitcher. They signed Rysel Iglesias. They got a great closer now, so they've got a bullpen. They've got pitching. They've got pitching. They've got depth. You guys, they're going to do it this season. This is going to be the season the Angels are going to be good. I was not buying it whatsoever because you know what? The Angels do that every season. The Angels make a signing that seems really cool. and It's like, oh, wow, that's exactly what the Angels needed. They needed another bat. They needed another pitcher. And they did it. They signed a new guy. And then you get into the regular season and it's like something is severely wrong with this team. And it's not even close to competition. It's not even, it's not even close to competing. I really don't know what exactly it is about the Angels that makes them so consistently disappointing. Like, like I really don't know what it is. Are they cursed? Or do they just have a bad approach or something? Maybe it's just a lack of depth. Maybe it's just that their player development is total dog water. I don't know. Whatever. But whatever the case is, I'm, I'm not buying them buying into them being a successful team. I was not buying into whatever hype the Angels had going into 2022. I had them losing 91 games. Instead, they went 73-89. and So even though technically they were better than what I gave them credit for, and also they placed better, actually funny that, you know, I predicted third place being 73-89. and I just thought it was going to be the Rangers. Uh, I'm giving myself a plus one personally. If, they, if I was actually right on them getting fourth, then I would have given, my, given myself plus two. Um, yeah, just a completely unremarkable season from the Angels, as usual. And of course, you know, they, they were literally the 2021 Royals. They started off amazingly, and it seemed like, oh, wow, this really is the year the Angels are going to be good. And then they immediately fell apart and were out of contention by June. <laughs> just like the Royals in 2021. Hilarious. Guys, isn't it so funny watching the best play baseball player ever just play completely meaningless and pointless baseball? Isn't that so great for the sport? Everyone says, everyone wonders why baseball is dying. It's because the Angels suck. Please trade Otani. Just get it over with. Don't, don't even start the season with, with Otani on the Angels. It just makes me sick. Because it's like, he deserves better. And the sport deserves better. And you know what? I, I have no grudge against Angels fans. Because I, they, I definitely feel bad for them. They don't deserve this. They definitely do deserve happiness and love and good things to happen to them. But unfortunately, it's just not happening. So I will sacrifice their happiness for the greater good by trading Otani to a good team where he can do something important and meaningful. But that's for the future. All right, athletics. Oakland Athletics. Pretty obvious that they were going to be the worst team in the division. I had them at 63 and 99. They went 60 and 102. Who plays for the athletics? I have no idea. Sean Murphy? Well, he's traded now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Frankie Montas? Well, he got traded midseason, so it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter who's on the team anymore. It's probably not very good. Good. No, no one, no one on this team is good anymore. The Athletics are not good. I'm gonna give myself. Uh, should I, should I be harsh and give myself a neutral rating because I wasn't like exactly right on the win loss record? Yeah, I'll give myself a plus one. I was close. I was within three games. 
You know, I said 63 wins. They won 60, actually, so I'll give myself credit for that. It was, again, really obvious that they were going to be the last place team in this division, even though they had a pretty good 2021, but, you know, they, they already sold off, like, everyone in the offseason, so pretty obvious that that was going to happen, or what was going to happen. Okay, now here's where, you know, if you if you... If you've been listening this long, if you've been listening to me talk and say dumb things for an hour, well, let me just tell you. Let me take some water first. Mm. You ain't heard nothing yet. Because now we're getting into the American League Central. And this is where I really wanted to go all out and say, hey... This division is going to be a lot more interesting than you all think it is. You guys think that, uh, that the American League Central is going to be the worst division in baseball? Think again. It's going to get real fun in here. And boy, was I creative. Boy, was I really counting on some interesting things happening this season in the American League Central. Such as the division winner. You know who I predict who I predicted the, the You know who I predicted to win the American League Central? It wasn't the it wasn't who actually won the division. It wasn't the Guardians. It wasn't who I predicted to be second place, which was the White Sox, if that makes sense. It was the Tigers! I said that the Tigers were going to win the division. They were going to go 93 and 69. Like I said, I wanted to be bold. Now, here's the thing, though. In my defense, the Tigers had a good 2021. They went 77 and 85, which is actually really impressive because they started the season 9 and 24. So they had this horrible, abysmal start. To their 2021. And then when they played above 500 ball for the entire rest of the season. So literally remove that first month of the season, basically. And they were actually legit. I mean, maybe not like playoff caliber legit. But still, they were respectable. Let's put it that way. And here's what else I was saying. It's not just that the, the the Tigers were winning baseball games, but they were developing talent. They've got they've got talent on this roster. They started to develop a really really interesting rotation. Casey Mize, number one overall pick in 2018, pitches 150 innings, 3.71 ERA, in 2021. And I'm like, you know what? Casey Mize is legit coming into his own. In fact, another bold take. I had Casey Mize as my Cy Young winner. Extremely bold, but I'm just saying, you know, he had like a terrible debut in 2020. He looked awful. But then 2021, he looked a lot, a a lot better. And I'm like, oh, this guy's getting it together. This guy is putting it together. And I think he's really going to show his full potential in 2022. Like it's, it's, it's happening. He's going to live up to the hype that he's had as a prospect, as the number one overall pick. And this was really going to fuel my prediction of the Tigers being like a really, really good team. I like I, I had the Tigers being the big surprise of 2022. I thought that they were just going to be the team that came out of nowhere and really surprised everyone. But they've also got Tarek Skubal, another pitcher that they got 
Um, another pitcher they drafted a while ago. Actually, funny enough, came out came from the 2018 draft. Funny that. And they got Matt Manning, a guy that that's been in their system for a while. Came up, didn't have a great 2021, but still, like I I'm seeing the young talent, and I'm seeing the upside in it. And also, thing is. Their front office definitely saw that upside because they also spent a lot in free agency. They went out and got Eduardo Rodriguez, starting pitcher who's admittedly not, like, great. He's not, like, amazing. He's, like, okay. But he's a guy. He he can be a guy in the rotation. That's fine. They got Javi Baez, who I, I, I'll admit that was not a good signing. Um, like, you knew how many shortstops were about to hit the market and you went with probably the guy with the worst upside, the lowest upside, just like the highest risk. <laughs> like I, that's yeah. But at the very least, I did think that Javi Baez, you know, he was still, I thought the, I, I thought that the first two years of the contract were going to be good. Basically. I thought Javi Baez is going to still be good for at least a couple of years. He's still going to put up a, a, a solid OPS plus. He's still going to hit the crap out of the baseball for a couple of years and play really good shortstop defense. I, I, I thought that was going to happen for at least a couple of years. So I was really buying into the Tigers being a, like a shockingly good team in 2022. 93 and 69 winning the division. They went 66 and 96 and placed fourth. Oh. I'm giving myself negative two. Two thumbs down. Only reason why is because I have two thumbs. I don't have a third thumb. I don't have a fourth or a fifth thumb either. Negative two, but hey, look. Look, come on. I, I tried, okay? I wanted to be interesting. I wanted to be exciting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Baseball's so boring. And also, to my credit, here's something else that should be kept in mind. A, a huge problem that the Tigers had this season was injury. Casey Mize got injured. Got Tommy John. Tarek Skubal got injured. I think he also got Tommy John or something. Because, uh, yeah, he's still listed on the DL for this season. Matt Manning got injured. Like, all these guys that they developed just suddenly went down. <laughs> like, everyone freaking died. Erod freaking went down. Like, so many injuries on this team. And, oh, and also, I forgot to mention Spencer Torkelson. Another thing, another key component of me, of my Tigers winning the division campaign is that, hey, Spencer Torkelson is going to be up here. He's, he's fantastic. They've got Riley Green in their system. He's probably going to be up in 2022. That young talent with so much upside, they, they've got hitters on the way. And yeah, uh, Spencer Torkelson had a had an awful 2022. I always tell people like, hey, don't be mad at Bobby Witt Jr. It could be a lot worse. How much worse could it, worse could it be? Look at Spencer Torkelson. And, and the thing is, even if Bobby Witt Jr. was hitting as bad as Spencer, at least he plays a position. So, yeah... Now, what will happen with this guy and the Tigers in the future? I have no idea as of right now, but still, terrible prediction. Terrible. I'm dumb. I'm awful. I'm bad. Next up, second place, I had the White Sox. I actually was, I actually felt like I was going to be nice to the White Sox. I had them winning 91 games. So I thought they were going to lose two games from 2021 where they won 93. 
And I personally really just like didn't believe in the in the White Sox long term. Like they're kind of like the Padres, where like what I said about the Padres, where you see how good they can be, but then it's like they don't really hit that consistently. They don't hit their highs very consistently. They've also they've also just got a ton of injury prone players for whatever reason. Like Luis Robert, great player, injured all the time. Eloy, great player, injured all the time. Yasmani Grandal, who everyone said was the best catcher in baseball, injured all the time. Also, was freaking awful in 2022 when he did play. So, yeah, I don't know. In a way, I didn't really believe in the White Sox, but I wanted to give them credit because they they, they have a talented core. I wanted to give credit to the talent at the very least, but I didn't buy into their consistency or lack thereof. Um, so I still, I did have them as, as a playoff team. Um, they missed the playoffs, and also my projection was off by 10 games. So I'm going to give myself... Ugh. They placed second, so I was technically right about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give myself negative one. I was wrong about that, but yeah. I mean, look, I think everyone had the White Sox in, at least in second place and expected to be be a, at least a wildcard team, so... I think everyone was burned by whatever prediction they had for the White Sox, unless you were really that against Tony La Russa and you were totally guaranteeing that they were going to be a, uh, an awful, disappointing team. Oh, well. Now let's get into the third place team that I had written down. It was the Kansas City Royals with 84 wins. This is definitely one thing I've owned over the last, over the last year, something that was... Uh, Something that came crashing down on me very, very fast. I thought the Royals were going to have a good season. I looked at the the, the talent that they were quote-unquote developing. I'm thinking, hey, hey, even if the, some guys were disappointing in 2021, they're only going to get better. That's just how things work. You know, guys come up and they struggle. So, yeah, Daniel Lynch struggled a little bit. But he had a great stretch in August where he had like a 2 ERA. Brady Singer struggled, but his second half was pretty all right. Chris Brubich struggled, but his second half was all right. Brad Keller struggled, but his second half was all right. And the hitter development was coming through. Bobby Witt Jr. was making the opening day roster. He was the number one prospect in baseball, at least according to some people. And then Nick Prado was on the way. Vinny Pasquantino was on the way. MJ Melendez was on the way. They were all top 100 guys, at least according to some people. Some some people weren't completely convinced about Vinny at the time. And those people are fools. But also, Salvi had an amazing season. Nicky Lopez had an amazing season. Hunter Dozier and Carlos Santana didn't have great seasons, but they were battling injuries, so they're going to get better. So I was just thinking, I'm like, you know what? I'm really optimistic about everything about this team. I'm liking what I'm seeing. 84 wins. I think this is the the, the Royals are really going to take another step forward, and they're going to be like borderline contenders in 2022. They're going to be third in the division, 84 wins. They're not going to make the playoffs, but I think they will be respectable. And they instead finished fifth in the division with 65 wins. Oh, okay. I was off by, like, a lot. All right. That's, like, negative one billion, especially since this is my team. So I should be right about them, if nothing else. Excuse me for having hope. Excuse me for chasing happiness. That's how I got like this in my life. Oh, well... Let's move on. 
because I think everyone knows what happened with the Royals, at least assuming you're listening to this podcast, you know what happened with the Royals and how things went down. So let's move on to the fourth place team that I predicted. I said it was going to be the Minnesota Twins. They were going to win 77 games. They placed third, but they won 78. I was almost exactly right on this. So I'm going to give myself a nice little plus one. I finally have a small victory in this division. Woo! Thank God. <laughs> I was I was dying over here. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Twins are another team where it, it, it seems like they're doing a lot right, but then it, things just go very, very awfully wrong. Uh, they were competitive for a couple of years, and then they lost 89 games in 2021. They were last in the division in 2021. And then what did they do in 2022? They signed Carlos Correa, who's who I wasn't entirely sure what to think of. They extended Byron Buxton, who I wasn't really sure what to think of. I don't know. It was just like weird overall. They just had a. They're just a very very weird team, and similarly, they had a pretty weird season. One that was mildly disappointing because I think people still hope that they would be a a uh, playoff team. And they actually were looking like one for a bit. They were. They they went into the All Star break, fifteen forty four. So they probably were in the wild card chase, and then they had a losing season overall. Ugh. Yikes. Oh, well, but I was only one game off in my regular season prediction, so that's fine. I'll take a victory on that. But I will not take a victory for my last place winner, for my last place prediction, which was the Cleveland Guardians. I said that they were going to go 70 and 92. They perfectly and completely inverted that. I said that they were going to be in fifth place with a 70 and 92 record. They were in first place with a 92 and 70 record. This looks stupid right now. But again, to my credit, some of those some of those things you just can't predict. How was I supposed to know that they have some guy in their system that can just put the bat on any ball that is thrown in his general direction and he'd be a five-war player even though he'd never even though he'd never played in the major leagues before? How was I supposed to know that? Someone just texted me. How was I supposed to know that Andres Jimenez would be an eight-war player? What? Like, am I really so wrong for not expecting these things? And honestly, I had questions about their rotation. Shane Bieber seemed like he was taking a step back in 2021. I wasn't really sure what to think about him moving forward. Instead, he turned to be great once again. Tristan McKenzie liked the upside on this guy, but... Again, like, is he going to reach that? He didn't have a very good 2021. Oops, he actually reached it in 2022. Good for him. So, whoops, that's a pretty easy negative two for me right there. I was wrong about basically everything in this division. Pretty much except for the Twins. Wow. I'm so dumb. And then, final division, we've got the American League East. This one was, um, interesting. And funny enough, I was right about some of these win-loss totals, although not in the way you would think. So I thought that the first place team would go 99-63. and 63. I didn't think it would be the Yankees, though. I thought it would be the Rays. Yeah, I thought the Rays were only just going to get better. Or well, actually, actually, technically, they weren't going to get better. They won 100 games in 2021. So I thought they were, they were basically going to maintain that, because why wouldn't they? Like... Like the, the, the Rays have just been so consistent for the last few years. It seems like no matter what, they're able to just replace whoever they lose if they if they do happen to lose anybody. 
But what is arguably even more scary is that, or, or I guess more impressive, is that it seems like they're building up an even higher ceiling for themselves. Like Randy Rosarena, Rookie of the Year 2021, I think that he's going to continue being fantastic. Or I thought I would, or rather, I thought he would continue being fantastic. Wander Franco was like the best prospect ever of all time when he came up. And sure, he wasn't like, I mean, he, he didn't play enough to be insanely great in 2021. He only placed third in Rookie of the Year. But I thought, you know, 2022, we're going to get a full season of this guy. Um, so, yeah, look out. Get ready. It's going to happen. Shane McClanahan, another really young guy who came up and was really impressive in 2021. We're going to get a full season of him. And these things didn't all necessarily happen. I think Wander was injured a little bit. Um, Randy had like a, a pretty good season as opposed to, you know, a step up. And yeah, as a result, um, like the Rays kind of skidded towards the end of the season. So they were still good. They won 86 games, but they weren't quite as good as I thought they would be. So I was actually off by 13 games in my regular season prediction. They at least still made the playoffs. But yeah, they uh, were not the division winner. So I'm going to give myself a minus one on that. In fact, maybe I should give myself a minus two, but you know what? I've 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 been I've been beating myself up all over the American League, so I'm just gonna give myself a negative one. Please go easy on me. Come on. Second place, I had the Blue Jays. I said the Blue Jays were gonna win 95 games. They won 92 games. So I'm gonna give myself a plus one on this one. I was pretty close to the mark here in terms of wins and also placement. Placement was perfect. Yeah, I had him as a wildcard team. I had him second place in the division. So good for me on that, at least. And yeah, I just thought that the Blue Jays, you know, they were they were just like the Mariners in 2021 where they missed the playoffs by one game. So I thought, you know what? They're, they're going to be hungry this season. I think they're going to be really, really eager to, you know, improve on this season. Or rather, improve on the last season. I really liked the moves that they made. They got they got Matt Chapman. They signed Kevin Gosman. You know, they, they definitely invested. And, you know, Vladdy Jr. coming off a borderline MVP season seemed like a recipe for success. Bo Bichette, you know, improving significantly in 2021. It seemed like things were really, really coming together for the Blue Jays. And um, I was pretty close to being right so yeah I was, I was just about there i thought 95 wins was going to be their thing but maybe the best yet hasn't yet come you know vladdy was only pretty good as opposed to amazing Bo Bichette was only pretty good as opposed to amazing george springer was only pretty good as opposed to amazing we'll see what what will happen next but hey at least this is the prediction i got somewhat right Finally, thank God. Third place, I had the Red Sox with 89 wins. I thought this was going to be a very, very interesting division for what it's worth. And you know what? The Red Sox, they won 92 games in 2021. They were a playoff team. They went to the ALCS in 2021, and they were basically retaining all of that talent going into 2022 while also hopefully getting some talent back, like Chris Sale has been injured for a while. Hopefully he would be coming back in 2022. Instead, he gets like a freak injury in his first game back or something, so he basically misses the entire season again. 
Great. Awesome. And one thing that I really liked for them, one guy that I really thought was going to like thrive in Fenway was Trevor Story. So this is another really bold thing. I had Trevor Story as my MVP pick. Which I don't know. I don't really know why. I guess I just kind of picked a guy at random. There's nothing really to suggest that Trevor Story would be like amazingly much better in in Fenway. I just thought I don't know. Hey, he's he's already been great in Coors. You know, even even if you took him out of Coors, he'd still be good. And maybe the fact that he, like he wasn't great in 2021. But look, the Rockies are a terrible team to play for. No one should have to play for the Colorado Rockies. I would suck too if I had to play in Colorado because what would be the point of being good? So I thought, hey, this guy going to a new environment, still sticking to a hitter-friendly environment, but not so, you know, absurdly ridiculous, and just playing for an actual competitive team again, I thought that would be too great for him. Instead, he got injured, didn't play all that well. Uh... And unfortunately... Some of the guys that they've been like kind of developing or really counting on just haven't worked out. Bobby Dalbeck hasn't worked out. Christian Arroyo hasn't worked out. Franchi Cordero didn't work out. Remember that we traded Franchi Cordero for Andrew Benintendi? That was hilarious. That was awesome, bro. So yeah, overall, Red Sox fell well outside of expectations. I said 89 wins. They had 78 wins and were fourth in the division. Whoops. Also, because I said that they were going to win 89 games. Wait, actually, no. That's not. That would not have been a playoff team. You would have to have 90 wins with my uh, projections to uh, make the playoffs. So I'm still going to give myself negative two just because I was pretty wrong about everything as usual. And then the Yankees. I had the Yankees in fourth. I said that they were going to win 88 games, though. Despite them being in fourth place, I said that they were going to win 88 games. Well, they won 99, so they definitely oh, out, out, they definitely exceeded my expectations. And I will definitely take an L on one very big thing. I wasn't much of a believer in Aaron Judge. I just... I don't know. I think I bought into the injuries a little too much, like a lot of other people. Just thinking, hey... Sure, Aaron Judge is great when he actually plays, but he only has two full seasons in his entire career. That's what I was thinking going into 2022. So I wasn't really ready to buy into Aaron Judge having like the best offseason since Barry Bonds. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I didn't expect that. <laughs> Joke's on me, I guess. Also, a guy with a sick mustache turned out to be a really good pitcher. Huh. That's interesting. I will admit I'm not a fan of Garrett Cole, though. And I'm still not a fan of Garrett Cole. But, I, but you know, one other, one thing that I did like that the, the, that the Yankees did, I actually thought that Josh Donaldson would be a lot better. I do feel a little sorry for them about that. I thought that they would take a W with Josh Donaldson, and it's not a W. They took an L instead. How unfortunate. Um... That was, that's overall why I thought, like, the reason why I thought the Yankees would only be an 88-win team, and I actually thought that they would miss the playoffs, is because they just didn't do anything to really improve upon 2021. I thought that they made lateral decisions, but, like, you know, trading Gary Sanchez for Josh Donaldson and IKF, I don't really know if that helped them all that much. Maybe? I don't know. 
But that was kind of my thought process um, going into this season. Turns out that didn't matter because Aaron Judge was an 11-war player. Whoops. So I guess I'll write down a negative two on that. I had the Yankees at 88 wins, fourth in the division, missing the playoffs. Instead, the Yankees won 99 games, won the division, and went to the playoffs. Cool. And then that leaves the last team. Someone had to be last in this division. I did think it was going to be a very interesting division, and I don't think I was wrong about that at the very least. Baltimore Orioles, and I really picked on them. I said, man, the Orioles, you know, they've got a lot of, they've got a great farm, but their regular season, their major league roster, not very interesting. I had them at 59 and 103. Look, in my defense, they lost 110 games in 2021. Do you have any idea how absurd it is for them to go from a 52-win team to an 83-win team in one year? I am pretty sure that there is absolutely no precedent for this. So I'm sorry for not predicting the most unpredictable season that has ever happened in the history of Major League Baseball. They only placed fourth instead of fifth. Do I give myself a, neg- a negative two? You know what? I will. Just because my, predict- my prediction is so off. You know, it's not always about being right. Sometimes I wanted to be bold because I wanted to say... I I wanted to be bold in some cases because I wanted some interesting things to happen. And something interesting did happen. I just didn't get to predict it. Maybe I'll try a little harder next time. Maybe something will go my way next time. So overall, let me add up the totals from all these divisions in the American League. American League West, plus one, negative one, plus one, plus one. That is a plus two. Because it was also neutral rating. American League Central, negative two, negative one, negative two, plus one, plus two. That is a negative six. Wow. There goes all my credibility, if it ever existed. And then in the American League East, negative one, plus one, negative two, negative two, negative two. That is also a negative six. Wow. So add those up together, and I get negative ten for the American League, plus one for the National League. That is overall negative nine. That is my score for those projections. Wow. By the way, MVP for both leagues, Juan Soto in the National League, which I'm not ashamed of. I think that was still a respectable pick, but also a very easy pick. That's it. That's the thing. American League, Trevor Story. Unexpected. If he made MVP... If he made like if he got like down ballot MVP votes, then that would have been a good pick. But oh well. Um Cy Young. So this one I I was just like screwed out of this. Cause I think I was gonna say DeGrom for the National League at first, but I'm like, eh, DeGrom's too easy. And then he got injured, so he's gonna miss the start of the season. So I'm like, okay, well it can't be DeGrom. So I wanted to go bold again. And I said Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals. Then he also got injured. So there was just no way I could win this. <laughs> In the American League, Casey Mize, because I said that the Tigers were going to win the division. And then Rookie of the Year. Well, I can tell you this. It was Bobby Wood Jr. for the American League. 
For the National League, I went with Joey Bart, catcher for the San Francisco Giants, and unfortunately, he had a disappointing season. So, basically, if I like you, you are screwed! Run away! And that's it. Those are my predictions. Those were my projections for 2022. Now, I will say, I did not do a very good job. I own up to that. And that's because I honestly didn't put a ton of thought into it. I didn't put a lot of research into it. I just kind of looked at each team at a glance and said, oh, they did this, they did that, and I'm going to just kind of write down a number next to them based on that. So when I do this again next season, rather this week, there's going to be a lot more thought put into it. There's going to be a lot more careful consideration put into it. I'm going to look, I'm looking at each individual team and I'm saying, okay, what exactly did this team do last year? What did they do in the off season? What can I take away from this? What can I actually look forward to with these guys? It's going to be a, it's a much more detailed and complicated process this time around. Lots of research, lots of thought, and hopefully I'll be a little less wrong next time around. But whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there. Until then, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Royal Deluxe Podcast. Tomorrow, I'm going to be doing the AL Central projection, and I promise it's not going to be as long of a podcast as this was, Because and, and also yesterday. No more 90-minute podcasts. It's exhausting. <sighs> but if you did listen to all this, then thank you very much. I don't know why you would do that. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me not being able to predict these teams properly? Anyway, at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter, that is the Twitter for the podcast, Royal, Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. That's the professional email that I use for this podcast. Would love to hear from you. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I really hope you're having a good one. <sighs> I need to go lie down. Until then, I'm, I'm Lux. Go Royals!